Hello, hey, Babylonians. Hey, hi, hello there. have been with us for a long time even from the beginning and we cannot say thank you enough and I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately how do you make your own podcast well it's simple I use anchor Anchor anchor.fm which is the website or there is an app or you can go on your computer whatever you want to do it's the easiest way Um, it is run through Spotify so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto and there's lots of different it'll stream to at least I think 10 different platforms or more um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer so no matter where your setup is like you can start creating today today and tell me what your podcast name is because you know I'm gonna listen Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for video. Don't worry, I'm working on it. With Anchor, creators can earn money, yes, yes, you heard that right, in a variety of ways, including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening. Welcome back to Bloody Bubbles Podcast. (laughs) It's been a long week. It's been a long week since we recorded and we just put it out. And I just, first off, I want to just say how fucking rad it is. Like, how many, like, plays we get, and I know this is, like, most podcasters don't talk about that kind of stuff. Like, oh my god, I got this many plays. I'm not going to give numbers or anything, but how many people listen, even though we put an episode out super late last Wednesday, just because life gets a little crazy, especially because we're going to be doing a lot of pre-recording today, so it's going to be really confusing. Wait, introduce yourself. I am Tootsie Floof. She's Tootsie Floof, the host. AKA Nicole. But I go by Tootsie Floof now. If you're new here. My real name is Nicole, but we did an Easter Bunny name, and Tootsie, it's, it was Tootsie Fluff, and but I'm like, I like Floof better, because it suits my personality, so yes. I'm now legally changing my name to Tootsie Floof. And I am Shauna, also known as Sassy Buns. Sassy Buns! The co-host. The one that just sits here and laughs and makes remarks. And moves away. Or cries. Let's be real. <laughs> and moves away. <clears throat> and moves away. And moves away. So that's why we're pre-recording too, so that way we can get Shauna in here as much as we can till we figure out how to do this, like via like Zoom or however we're going to do it, because we're gonna make something happen. Yeah, for those who may not know, I am moving to Arkansas. Yes. So from one Kansas to a different one. <laughs> from this Kansas to our Kansas. And for the but Ar- it's beautiful. There's water. There's trees, and it's just gonna. It's, it's gonna be super fun to go visit and stuff. And believe yeah. me, I'm gonna be taking my recording shit. I'll be like, we're gonna do at least I'm an episode. So fine with that. That'd be <laughs> fantastic. Hopefully, I'll have a better laptop by then. The one I don't have to worry about the cords. Or just use mine. Uh, yeah, that's true too. Just gotta and then yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. Um, next order of business. Uh, we added another country to Yay. our listeners, Luxembourg. Thanks, Luxembourg. Which. I am part Luxembourg, which is really fucking cool. So that was really exciting. So hello, family. (laughs) Member. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just one of you. I don't know. Just the fact that you guys listen. And I'm like, I really hope that people, like international listeners who've listened to us, because we've talked about every single country, all 60 of you now, 60, that's crazy. Um, we've talked about most states, especially when Wyoming finally hit the, hey, hit the mark. Hey, we love that Wyoming yes, hit the do. mark. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> so yeah, all 50 states, and now we're in 60 countries. All the 50 states and the 60 countries. All the 50 states and the 60 countries. Okay. Woo! <laughs> and um, we'll uh, try not to have any uh, interludes with small humans. Yeah, we will try. Um, we did get some really... 
not positive criticism. Positive criticism. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was trying to figure out how to say that. And some people have said they really like when we have the baby noises. And some people, we, we've got our first review that said that it was really hard to stomach. It's like, wow, I'm listening to a heinous crime, but there's a bunch of kid noise in the background, which I mean, I can make so under- sense. It makes a lot of sense. And then I think about like the podcast that I listen to, like, like Morbid with mm-hmm. Ash and Elena. Um, if you guys don't listen to them. I, I doubt most of you here don't because most of you have come to us because I'm like in morbid groups, but morbid is fantastic and I love them, but they never, their kids never really, I think they've had like a couple, like where they just yell in the like downstairs and we're in my basement. So we're going to try and keep that to a minimum. Um, my older son is not here today. My niece, nephew is nobody, no special guest except for my sleeping dog on the couch. But, um, yeah, we're gonna try to be better. Just sometimes we don't have somebody who can watch the baby. Yeah, and, I mean, and then he was really fussy in the last couple ones. Yeah, so, so I do apologize yes. for that because even that stressed me out. Because I know there was one episode we were just trying to finish up, and he like was screaming the whole time. So that's not super cute. Yeah. So, so sorry, we, we're gonna do what we can to make it better. And yeah, and if we longer. can minimize, just um, I may just throw baby sounds at the end just for Dawn because she love loves them. Because we love Dawn and she likes to hear them. And but, I'm sure other people like the fun little baby. Like, once in a while, here's a cute little baby sound. But, like, yeah, I feel like it was probably that one where there was an the ending. I think it was an episode we did with when my friend Katie was here, and he was just fussy. Nothing was making him happy. And we were just trying to finish the damn episode, yeah. and I didn't edit ready. it at all. So <laughs> We're going to do better. We're going to do better because to. we do, and the way it was worded was really nice. So I really hope that you give us another chance and then you listen and we'll try to have as little um, interludes as we can. Yeah, we'll try to be better with our sound. Yes, sure. because it's taken us a long time to get here. Yeah. So on to this. This is going to be a two-parter. Two parts. Two parts. Actually, the next two, well, four episodes, two and two was four. Wow, you're good. I'm still going to math. <laughs> wow, like, seriously. Are going to be two-parters, because we got some big, out. big old cases, and they will come out a week apart, and I know sometimes that's really frustrating, because you want them sooner, but um, that's just not what works for our schedule, and that way you guys get an episode at least every week, so we try to On stay a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, <laughs> not a Wednesday or a Friday, so you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So this, um, I'm pretty sure both of these cases that I have, I can't wait to do that one because of what I wrote in the beginning. Um, this one is, I'm pretty sure they're both, fr- or no, maybe they weren't. It doesn't fr- matter. We're talking about this one. I don't know if they're Nate cases is what I was oh, trying to get out. Nate dog. Nate dog. And if they're not, we love Nate. We still love Nate. Nate is the tits. Nate is our dog. Yes. And he hasn't given me a case in a while, so. <gasps> Nate. Nate, you're crack slacking, bro. What the heck? I'm going to tweet you so hard. Because that's all I can do. Because he's our friend on Twitter. <laughs> he likes her. It's been a while. I need some more. I've almost gone through my list. Like, I don't even know that's how many. That's exciting. It is exciting. And there, I, I like, and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback about um, our cases and how they're, um, is that that one? No. Um, how they're just different ones that, you know, they're not ones that you would t- typically hear about unless you, like, watched, like, Snapped or Deadly Women or whatever shows. We try to go deeper than what the shows give us. Um, cause I've only watched a couple of the episodes. Usually I just do all my research on my own because they have some information, but not a lot. It's like a 30, 20, 20, 30, 30, 30, 20 minute episode. It's fine. So let's get into it. Yes. So this is Cindy McKay's who we're talking about today. Um, she's a whole heck of a lot of a human. I thought you were going to say whore. She might've been too. <laughs> I don't really remember. Because the those notes that I have for the next episode were my Marsh version one. Yep. And I just lived a lot of life in the last week. So um, I'm going to reference a lot of the articles in the Baltimore Sun, who was wrote by Justin Fenton, because he had like a three-part series nice. in his stuff. So that's where I took a lot of my information from. So if it sounds familiar, that's why. So we're going to travel back in time to 2003. So now that's almost 20 years ago. That's scary. I don't like that. That that's far okay. Okay, it's done. We're not doing this case. I'm just kidding. <laughs> April fifteenth, two thousand three, which is also Titanic Day. If you're new here, I love the Titanic. Go listen to the episode. I think it's like nineteen or twenty or something. We did an episode about that. But um, an Ocean City police officer pulled his squad car into a parking lot near the inlet, and this is not a Tarantino. 
It's what? not a Tarantino. This is just, um... Oh, this we is... get to find out as we go. Finally. So, uh, he pulled a squad car in the parking lot near the inlet that separated the, I'm gonna guess, Assateague Island from the carnival rides of the boardwalk. He'd been sent there to investigate a suspicious car um, because it was facing the water with its lights on. It was a Hyundai, <laughs> Hyundai Santa Fe. I hate saying Hyundai. It's like the one car that I struggle with saying. Hyundai? Hyundai? Is it Hyundai? That's how I say it. I don't Hyundai, know. Santa Fe. The officer saw a cell phone that was hooked to a charger, a handbag, and an empty bottle of hydrocodone. Oh, Next boy. to the purse... Um, an officer had written in his report there was a set of keys and a letter that was written on yellow notebook paper, and it said, quote, David, leaving you all in the middle of the night was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. After meeting with my lawyer today, it's clear that Jessup is waiting for me. I can't go back. I can't and won't go back. Please understand and try to make the kids understand why I can't. I feel all alone and have decided to die rather rot than rot in prison. I'm sorry. Please love and take care of the children. They'll need you more than ever. Let me know. Let, no. Let them know that I love them very much and couldn't put them through years of prison too. All my love, Cindy. So near that letter was an empty box for an inflatable rubber raft and a receipt for a pair of oars purchased the day before at Walmart. Few people choose drowning as a method of suicide, but the evidence in the car suggested that this quote-unquote Cindy had rafted out into the sea to kill herself. That's like, that's a very... Like, she put like a cinder block around her. Sorry, her waist or something. Soon enough, though, investigators were doubting that scenario was a suicide really a conceivable ending for Cindy McKay, a woman who never backed into a corner she felt she couldn't back right out of, a con she couldn't play, a mark she couldn't dupe. The mother of six, Ooh. she was closer to uh, Ma Barker than the Madonna. When it came to the matriarchal, yep, a brazen, often convicted thief who pilfered hundreds of thousands of dollars from small businesses, from a ch uh, Catholic goodbye Catholic seminary, from a charity, from the age, um, from the aged, from elderly people, from lovers, and from people who trusted her. So she was just a big con artist. For now, she outlined. I put my finger up yes, as if the microphone it. could see <laughs> and show all of you guys. For now, um, she outlasted two of the men of two of the men in her life, both victims of unnatural deaths, oh. and was the instigator at the least in a homicide that eventually landed two of her sons as well as herself behind bars. Through it all, she demonstrated the nerves of a sapper coupled with an indifference to the harm she inflicted on others, employers, good Samaritans, or her literal blood uh, family. Uh, once, uh, 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 do you see how many times I said, uh, uh, sorry. Once she even claimed that her father was dead that's so she could get the title to his home. Ew. She was married to malevolence. She was so wary of, her, um, no, so wary of her was one prosecutor that he implored a judge not to require her to pay back those whom she, she he implored a judge not to require her to pay back those from who she'd stolen that they would only that would only give her incentive to steal again. Even though she was sitting in a jail cell at the time, the father of one of her children, a retired police officer no less, refused to discuss uh, um, Cindy for fear she would find a way to afflict him again. We're going to get into it. Don't worry. She could be on the electric chair and I wouldn't trust her, um, is what her ex said. In Ocean City, detectives began learning more about the woman who at first seemed to have chosen the bottom of the sea over a jail cell. And then they started to wonder, there is reason to believe that she killed herself, Detective Mike Levy told a newspaper at that time. But she had enough of a reason to run. Audacious, not ingenious. Okay, so now we're going to just get into, that was like setting her scene about... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so it was strange. Um, first, one of Fred Wurst Jr.'s, no, Fred Woost, sorry, I read that wrong. Woost, W-U-E-S-T. Customers, then another, then another began complaining. They were still getting billed for windows. He had sold them, even though there was a certain payment even though each was certain a payment had already been made. That was in the summer of 1985, and Woost and his wife um, were owners of Mid-Atlantic Window Company on West Street in downtown Annapolis. I don't know what's it. Why did I write the state on here? Damn it. I didn't know. I thought it was Georgia. 
damn it, it's not Georgia, Annapolis. I'm, it's fine. I'll get there. Okay, we're concerned enough to begin an audit, but before they got too far, he received a frantic call while on a fishing trip with his two sons. A two-alarm blaze had broken out in his records office with flames shooting from the top of the two-story concrete building. Two-armed ladies? Is that what you said? A bl- two-star... A two-alarm blaze. Oh, blaze. A fire. Okay, sorry. Fire had broken out. <laughs> Shortly before explosions shattered the plate glass windows, witnesses saw a woman leaving the business. Dum dum dum. Later, accelerant was discovered in the wreckage, so it wasn't like just a freak thing. Investigators believed it was arson. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Perhaps connected to other suspicious fires in the city that summer. Eventually, they returned to those missing payments. When police followed the trail, it led to a dummy account where checks had been deposited, and the person who had set up the account was Midlantic's new office manager, Cindy McKay. Mm. She had only started working there only a few months earlier. She was a beguiling 29-year-old single mother with a soft, sweet smile, deep blue eyes, and a knack for putting people at their ease. Mm. Sure. Um, that's cool. Okay. Um, anyways... Uh, she was pleasant, calming, unassuming. Her scheme wasn't putting people at, or no, her scheme wasn't clever, but she was simply embezzling what would net up to $20,000 and once cracked led directly back to her. She was an audacious criminal, not an ingenious one. And even at this stage, she displayed all the moves that would characterize her through more than two decades of crime. She had a gift for inching her way into positions of trust with those who had made the mistake of regarding her as well. No. Warm, well-meaning, and dutiful. She was not well. She's mentally fucked up in the head. <laughs> Inevitably, she made people pay for opening their hearts and bank accounts to her. Uh, Man, I wish I had this power. Just kidding. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Yuck. And you do have the power, but you don't. You use your power for good. Stop. <laughs> those who knew her talk about her wit, her warmth, her generosity. Oh, my God. I can, like, think of so many people who are like this that are like, oh, my God. I feel so sorry for you. Nah. Yeah, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then they end up sucking two the face, life out of you. Literally yeah. a sucky. She was someone who would treat half a dozen people to dinner to celebrate the birthday of a friend or go overboard in gift-giving for a baby shower. Oh, my God. What a con. Yet a former hubbin, her hubbin, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with it, Mm -hmm. came to believe such gestures were only meant to impress and to deceive. I, sir, agree. Yes. That's not how I wanted to say that. I, too, sir, agree. I believe, this is a quote, I believe she feels she is far superior to anybody else in the human race, and that's why she did did what the fuck she did. David Harhoff had said not long ago. Um, I don't know if that's one of her... I don't know who David Harhoff is. I guess we'll get there. It's fine. I think she just thought she was smarter than everybody. Well, I mean... I don't know. Con artist This stuff. is... Okay, Pause for the cause. Sorry, sister. It's fine. I've got my notes. Ah, uh, your notes. My notes. Where I need to go well, next. This is what a lot of people... Okay, not that she was donating to charities or anything, but this makes me think of, like, once again, the most... In, in general, it's usually the, the fucking rich white men. Um, when they're trying to hide something, they're the ones that... Or even, like, serial killers and shit, right? Like, um... They're the ones that are super, super devoted in their church or whatever, and they, and, or, like, the super rich that, like, they, um, they donate to a lot of the charities or this, right. that, the other, and, and make themselves well-known within the public as these great leaders or these great representatives or these, these wonderful, caring, yeah. empathetic... And more emphasis on the pathetic. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That was a really good call. Pathetic. Pathetic. Um, uh, Wow. Train of thought just went. But anyway, so they they put out this facade. They they paint this picture. And and that's not truly who they they are. Because they're hiding something. So if you get all these people thinking you're this good person... Mm-hmm. But, you know, she bought me all this stuff for my baby shower, or she did blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. She, like, there's no way. And look, she's so sweet. She's so sweet. How, you guys, I am sweet, but I'm also genuine. Like, I would not do this fucking shit. <laughs> 100%. Um, yes. I just, that's just, that's, it's crazy how those are the signs. At least, I, maybe just because with investigating us doing this podcast and, and, and the crime shows that, that I watch and stuff, like, 
Those are telltale signs. It's buck wild. Yeah. So, okay. Keep going. I apologize. No, it's fine. So, I talked about um, uh, Justin Fenton, and he, he, like, reached out to Cindy a bunch to try and get her to be interviewed for his articles. And she oh, the guy who wrote this. The, the guy okay. who wrote... Because I, I took from a couple different articles, but that was a big one, just because gotcha. we're going to get a little bit into her, like, upbringing and stuff like that, um, which wasn't even that bad. She did not want to be interviewed at all. Um, perhaps there were explanations for people like Cindy. She once offered the wholly uncorroborated rationale that she was abused as a child, whether it was pathology, resentment, or compulsion that drove her speculation suggested by friends, family, and therapists over her lifetime, which is clear that neither... Um, reprobation nor fam familial obligation nor even prison stopped Cindy McKay for long. So even if she was abused, which we're going to come to find out, she really didn't have a bad upbringing. Bringing? Per bringing. Se. Right, right. Yeah. Because that's what the next part is. Um, she didn't have a troubled upbringing. She was born in Washington and was raised in suburban Prince George's County. She was the oldest of three kids, born to a utility company foreman and a Capitol Hill aide. Her family spent frequent weekings, weekings, mm -hmm. frequent weekends at a vacation cottage in St. Mary's County, where they went crabbing. Which that sounds funny, but like getting like yeah. crabs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in case you don't know what crabbing is, it's like crab hunting. And the children would catch fireflies. Aw, that makes me... Okay, and we never went crabbing, but I love fireflies every yes. time we go to the lake. So excited for that this summer. McKay, uh, um... Uh, I, I, I can read this word. Attended a private Catholic girls' school in Suitland and was popular. She was a cheerleader who, in her school newspaper, expressed an eagerness to organize the five-year re reunion after graduating. Can't relate. Um... Friends from that time recall her as outgoing and mischievous. The fun one was uh, who was first to make weekend plans and daring enough to suggest cutting class. She graduated in 1974. She seemed interested in upholding the law, then breaking it. <laughs> Instead of college, she signed on with Prince George's County Police Department as a cadet. What an interesting life she leads that brings her to her, not her end, but her end her as device. a normal human being, whatever normal is. Her time there, however, ended abruptly when internal affairs began looking into allegations that she was making threatening phone calls to a boyfriend's former girlfriend. <laughs> this bitch is crazy. Oh, that's great. I just, I can think of people like that too. I, I don't think I ever called one of my boyfriend's ex-girlfriends. No, but I call my ex-boyfriend or my boyfriend. Yeah. Really? Really? Um, why did you sit next to her at lunch when, uh, you knew I was going to be there? I was just running late. Like, that kind of shit. <laughs> Petty. Oh, no, not that. I wasn't, I wasn't there. But, like, okay, sorry. There. I was like, no, when the guy was doing shit he shouldn't have been doing. Oh, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> so she ended up leaving at the age of 20 from that agency. So in 1978, she enrolled at the University of Maryland. College Parks as an elementary education major and took up menial jobs to pay the bills. She was a waitress, a secretary at a law firm, an office manager at a construction company. The jobs weren't special, but she definitely made an impression. One lady said, Cindy was very bright, I mean extremely bright. Her name was Barbara Wetzel. She was an emergency room nurse at the Physician's Memorial Hospital. Hospital. <laughs> See? I always reference back to, like, how this one guy's like, you just need to slow down when you read. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter if I read one word at a time. Hospity is still coming out of my word instead of hospital. Hospity is still coming out of my word. Word about hoddle. Talk of the... Nope. The... the <laughs> God damn it. Physicians. <laughs> Memorial Hospital in La Plata. La Plata. See you, Lada. I don't know. It is La Plata. La Plata sounds more fun. And if I'm wrong, let me know. I don't know where state... Well, Maryland. I'm going to guess we're in Maryland. I'm in Kansas right now. Where McKay worked the busy front desk as a receptionist. Quote, she knew exactly what was going on at all times and was adept at picking up on things that other people wouldn't even notice. Wetzel said she couldn't help feeling that her friend tried too hard to impress others, like the time she'd lavished a pregnant co-worker with one baby gift after another. See? Doesn't matter. Another. Never. I never saw a mean streak, but I would say that Cindy was devilishly clever. That was a lot of these. Cunning. Yeah. Cunning. 
hunting. Yep, I was going there too. Thank you. <laughs> Even more striking than her work ethic was her winsomeness. She could charm a rattlesnake. All I can think of is when Harry Potter learns how to speak parcel tongue. If you're a Potterhead like me, I kind of I am not as much as I used to be, but how he he speaks to snakes. Mm -hmm. She's that's just what that made me think of. Her family friend Jean Harmon said the fall after she left the police department. So this okay, we went from seventy eight. Now we're back in nineteen seventy six. She ended up marrying a Prince George County police officer named Alan Creveling. I mean, I guess that's how you say it. They were together less than a year when she ended up meeting a security guard named Robert Paget at the hospital. Ooh, scandalous little slut. He was married too, but according to court documents, that didn't stop them from launching an affair. Ho. It was a horror in the beginning. Horrible person. Horrible person. It would last five years. Wow. Five years. According to the court filings, they talked of marriage and looked into purchasing real estate together. Bitch. But the relationship ended when she got pregnant in 1983. Whose baby was it? Oh, it's like it ended because she got pregnant? Wow. Um, Usually. Paget, who was the mistress, but he's the dude. I don't know what we call a mister. Mister. He was the mister. Is. Ah, I don't know the words. Mister, yeah. He was retired from the La Plata Police Department in 2005, denied that he was the father, but paternity test came back positive. Mm -hmm. So he was ordered uh, by a court to pay child support, but didn't want anything more to do with her. She would raise their son herself. Ah, oh, that's not cool. Yeah, if you know she's bad news... Oh, Zoe's having a drink. If you know she's bad news bears, you need to try to save that child. I don't like that. My dog is having a dream, and her eyes are open, but she is not awake. She's running. She's having a good dream. <laughs> She's <running>. Um. So <laughs> not surprisingly, her, her marriage was unraveling to uh, Alan, and he filed for divorce. Poor guy. That would suck. Like, oh, we're pregnant. Yay. Oh, just kidding. It's not yours. That's a fucking blow. Oh, that's like, have you watched him, our father? I <laughs> know. I was like, that's so weird that I was just getting ready to fucking say that. If you guys have not watched Our Father, it's not a religious-based show, um, if that's what you're thinking. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with religious-based show. Go watch it on Netflix. It's about a dude who ran fertility. a fertility clinic Sorry. and inseminated 94 different women and counting. Yeah, that's, that's how many... They have so many they're aware of at this point. Yeah. And then, if you like that baby, one, you want to go down the rabbit hole, what was the other one? Babies. Baby God. Baby God? Yeah. I think it's called Baby God. Again, sounds like it's super religious. It's not. Um, basically, they're, they're taking it because, like, these... 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 Men. Stupid white males. Sorry. Um, I am allowed to say that because I am a white female. Um, <laughs> married to a white male. <laughs> Um, think they're God. They think they, they can do whatever the heck they want. And, and they feel no like God chose them to do this. Right. And it's, um, that's their claim. And, uh, the baby God is, is, a, it's, it's worse, <laughs> quite yeah. honestly. Mm -hmm. Nicole hasn't watched it. TF hasn't seen it. But, um, she's going to. Yeah. Um, baby God I haven't seen. Our father I watched literally today. It, it will. Today, Sunday. It is, uh. It's hard. It's 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 something that needs to be seen. More people need to be aware of. Yeah, especially because he was. <laughs> and the, what he gets charged with is nothing. And facts. It's fucking bullshit. Wait till you see the other one. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it, it, it's it, it needs to get out there. Like I don't understand because the other one. Sorry, once we're on a rant here. Um, actually came out in 2020, which I'm like, how come that didn't come as big as fucking Tiger King? But it right. didn't. It was. And I think it could have, but for Tiger whatever King reason, it was exhausting. Yeah, I'm mean, fucking I loved it. <laughs> a lot of people hated it, but I'm like, I am all about this drama. Yeah, I same. Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, those two shows. Yes. Worth a watch. I'll find. It's going to, I'll link um, them in our show notes. It's. It's tough, but it's real. They're documentaries. Um, it's uncanny what. What people, uh, especially what white older men, can get away with. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Especially the second one, yeah. Okay, and back to this filing for divorce in Cindy's case. In a drawn-out custody fight over their two boys, she presented herself as a model of motherhood. Blech. I provide a good Christian home and schooling for the children, she said. It is... In their interest that they be with their mother, but Creveling, who is now the public safety coordinator for the city of Bowie, 
claiming in court filings that she had, quote, serious emotional, moral, and financial difficulties. Wow. Um, okay. He was eventually awarded custody. Fuck yeah. Good. Um, his characterization seemed borne out in 1985 when she, Cindy committed or was accused of committing a string of crimes. In February of that year, she was given three years probation in Charles County for stealing at least $10,000 from a construction company where she worked as a secretary and treasurer. She claimed her bills pertaining to the custody battle impelled her to steal, but a portion of that money also found its way to the installation of a hot dub in her Waldorf home. Oh. Records would show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Claimed her bills. Fuck you. Two months later, police arrested her for stealing Fred Woost's window company... Stealing from his stole the whole company. She took the building and left. <laughs> Sorry, Bye. in uh, in Annapolis, the business that had burned down. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that just that just snuck out. You're welcome. Oh. You don't get baby noises no more, but you're gonna get my you're gonna fucking get the cold noises. The cold noises. Oh man, that I'm so sorry. I try not to burp. That just literally just fell out of my face. <laughs> Well, things are going to get a little intense, so you're welcome for a giggle. That was so intense. It okay. was hilarious. <laughs> she was initially charged with arson. I'm sorry. I'm, as a fire lover, I feel... I'm I'm surprised I haven't said anything on fire. On fire. I love fire. We have controlled fires at our house. We do have bonfires a lot, so that appeases my urge. But the, the amount of times I've offered to go and set something on fire for my friends... And the fact that I haven't done it is... I haven't done it, if anyone... Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. Please, officer. That happens to listen to us. I don't set fires. I just want to. There you go. Makes me think of Pitch Perfect when the one girl's on the bus, and he's just... She's like, I set fire to feel joy. <laughs> and he's just like, that's adorable. <laughs> I love her. I love her character. Yes. <laughs> she's, so she's like this badass rapper. Go watch yeah. Pitch, Pitch Perfect. But anyways, I digress. But the charge was dropped... Um, the arson charge and has since been expunged from her record. Doesn't matter a lot where shit's coming. <laughs> We're not even going to get into it in part one. <laughs> Bitches. She was found guilty of theft, however, and sentenced to six months in prison. Her son from the affair with Paget was left in the care of a middle-aged babysitter named Donna Ruza. Ruza? Ruza. I'm going to say Ruza. Okay. R-U-Z-Z-A. Who grew close to the boy and would later try, who would later try unsex successfully thank you mm-hmm. to retain custody after she concluded that Cindy was not likely to reform yeah. quote if there were if they were the most important thing you would have done better for your kids and she never did Donna said in, a, in an interview wow I just oh, got really nasally freaking Donna you saint before Cindy reported to prison in 1985 she got pregnant again by a police officer who did not want a relationship. She has a fucking reputation, man. There's, like, so many people she, I know in Dodge. She, Oops, oh, I know a lot of people in other places. Mm-hmm. She carried the baby while incarcerated. A judge released her so she could give birth on the condition that she returned when the child was two months old. Wow. Did she uh, return? Mm, we're going to find out. Okay. Being in the Anne Arundel County Detention Center didn't hamper her romantic pursuits, <laughs> but while at least three of her previous relationships were with police officers, she finally linked up with a man more compatible with her criminal learnings. His name was David Harhoff. Oh, Harhoff. An addict who was being held on a burglary charge. Wow, what a match made in hell heaven. <laughs> Helvin. Helvin. <laughs> After both were released from prison in 87, they married in a civil ceremony. Then they had two more kids, making a grand total of six kids for her, plus two of his own children. In his custody case, Kreveling insisted that Cindy and Harhoff lived beyond their means with trips to Disney World, expensive gifts, gymnastics, and ice skating lessons. Of course, Cindy wasn't one to allow legal constraints to prevent her from getting what she wanted. Bitch gets what she wants. I mean, she's got all these fucking kids with all these different people. Clearly, she's got, like, a magical vagina. Yeah. Um, that's a vagina. <laughs> Sad that that song's not available on the internet anymore, Taryn Southern. I'm just saying. They moved to the eastern shore where she's worked at a, um, at successive jobs as a kitchen supplier, a gift store, and cable company. At Eat, at eat One. Mm-hmm. God. At Each One. She soon faced allegations of stealing merchandise or embezzlement and was fired. So clearly she has a problem. 
At the cable company, she sold gift certificates intended as Chris as a Christmas bonus. Wow. <laughs> She'd be convicted on more... Okay, so... Hold on, let me read the sentence. She would be convicted on more than a dozen counts of theft and related charges. When I read dozen counts, I read dozen donuts. <laughs> I mean, I'm I went it's full fine. dyslexic for a second because it was just a glance because I saw the D-O and then the N-U-T-S. <laughs> dozen counts went to dozen donuts. And now I'm hungry. I want a donut. Same. At least a dozen. Just a baker's dozen. Though restitution is commonly ordered in such cases, the prosecutor was worried her criminal tendencies that he argued against it. Wait. Oh, because of restitution. She received 15 years. Unknown to authorities, that was another slight, uh, slight of hand on her part. Just after she was charged in the gift store theft, um... She assembled a phony death certificate stating that her father died of acute coronary thrombosis on June 6, 1991. Not dead. She then used it to convey the deed to a family vacation home in St. Mary's County to herself so she could use it as collateral for a $25,000 home improvement loan, according to a copy of a lawsuit filed in civil court by the loan company. Oh, my gosh. What? I don't like how smart that is and how devious and disgusting that is. And what's the year? Because she didn't have Google. 1991. So, yeah, Google wasn't around. No, Google... Neither was Yahoo! Neither was Nicole! Oh, fuck off. I was not born in 90... I wasn't born until 93. Around the same time, she posted a $25,000 bond to be released from jail while awaiting her trial. Three years later, the loan on the vacation home went into default while she was serving her sentence. In the process of closing... foreclosing on William McKay's home, the insurance company discovered he was very much alive... But only for another year. Aww. Oh, in '95, oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, William, who had who for years had helped his daughter by paying off her debts or giving her a place to stay, did die at the age of 65. Of a broken heart because his yeah. daughter is evil. Yes. As an inmate in the maximum security wing of the okay Maryland Correctional Institute for Women in Jessup, she missed her father's funeral. You know what? She didn't deserve to go. Sorry, yeah, she missed it? She already claimed one. She already, she already, she already went through one. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Fuck her. And yeah. a letter to Judge William Simpson... W- William D's... No, D. Williams. D's Nuts! <gasps> Sorry. Judge D's Nuts. Judge D. William Simpson, who had sentenced her, she <laughs> claimed that she mostly stayed in her cell with her HIV-positive drug-trafficking cellmate. Oh. I mean, Okay. It is difficult to understand, but the majority of women appear to like it here, she wrote to Simpson in 91. They have family and friends here. There's also evidence by their continual return to Jessup. There's also... There's this... Okay. Okay, they would return to this freaking prison just because they're like, wee. Well, because they've got a roof over their head, guaranteed meals, and a bed to sleep in. And medical care is needed. Yeah, it's... It's... Unfortunately, not a a bad life if they don't have a good life outside of bars. Like, if you are used to living on the streets and stuff, that prison or jail would be... But And she wrote, my life holds so much more for me. Mm. She sounds too much like someone I know. She wrote letter (laughs) after letter to Simpson in the hope that he would reduce her sentence, authority he did not have. She cited studies, news clippings about how parents' incarcerations hurt children. You're a bad mom. Fuck off. She researched educational... Yeah, bad parents hurt children, too. <laughs> That's what? just jail time. Like, yeah, yeah, like, being a bad mom <laughs> makes you not a good parent. She researched educational opportunities... I said that weird. Proposed alternative sentences. At the end of one letter, she quoted Albert Camus. Camus? Ooh, he's a French philosopher. Quote, freedom is nothing else but a chance to do better. Girl, when are you going to do better? Freedom's Obviously, you're not on this... Nothing left to lose. Sorry. <laughs> she vigorously played up her role as a mother. Gross. My children need a supportive mother and someone they can rely on in times ahead. Oh yeah. my God. Reincarnation. <laughs> You're correct, but I, it's not you. <laughs> I really feel that parents are the single most important influence on their children. I may have failed them in the past, but I don't want them to fail in the future. Okay. Uh, this I'm is triggered. uncanny. I'm triggered. We're triggered? Triggered. They're my ultimate canvas, aren't they? She pressed her campaign for early release on others besides Simpson. She convinced William Newman, a bishop in the Baltimore Archdiocese, Archdiocese, 
church thing of her worthiness. She wrote multiple letters on her, he wrote multiple letters on her behalf. One of them to Governor William Donald Schaefer. Her 11-year-old son Ryan also appealed to the parole board. If I promise to get better grades, he wrote, "Will you let her come home soon? I will." My heart, my heart, Ryan. I want to hug you. You know what? Your mom needs to take accountability, and she's not. Ryan, this was not your fault, and I know you're not 11 anymore, but holy fuck. I was 11 in 91. Well, almost 11 in 91. Mm, none of it worked. Never right. I mean, it's I'm all just saying. for the better. But yeah. Like, uh, she was building up quite a prison resume. She sat on multiple panels and advisory boards, taking a number of college courses. She was an active member of prison of a prison congregation called the Community of St. Dismas. Dismas? Christmas? Christmas? St. <laughs> Christmas? D-Y-S-M-A-S. Dice Sure. She was on her way to turning herself around, said Joanne Mock, a volunteer who attended the prison services and recalled her prominent, Cindy's prominent role. I thought she's really making a nice life for herself. In the prison laundry room where she spent Saturday, Sundays, whatever, washing clothes, <laughs> her and a fellow inmate came up with ideas for a series of public service announcements that would show other female offenders how to avoid falling into the same traps again. I hate that she's sounds like she's doing better. No, but that's that's how conners are. Oh, they know. know exactly what I to know. say, what to do. It's gross. No, it's I hear gross. you. It's I, I it's like how do you how do you know to do this but you don't know how to truly do and be this. Right. Like you you know how to act the act, but you don't know how to walk the walk. Yeah. Fucking lame. Blah. They drew up uh, scripts and with the blessing of Jessup administrators in the house of Ruth, the uh, the spots eventually aired on local TV stations. There had to be something positive about being away, she told the Sun in 1995 for a profile about her efforts. Chris, I really just want my future to be much better than my past. Yeah, you want to just not get caught. Yeah, <laughs> you want to keep being a con artist and a freaking money embezzler, <laughs> but you just are, I'm going to do so many good things. Her release date was nearing, so she had also been corresponding with a man on the outside, because of course. And he was an inmate's brother. His name was Clarence Downs Third, and he had never done jail time. Woo-woo, go Clarence. Me he worked for, me neither. hey Not until I complete arson. No, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to. <laughs> But if I go to jail, y'all know it's going to be for arson. <laughs> oh, man. He worked for the city of Baltimore in the forestry division, where he supervised a staff of 40 and oversaw care of the city's 400,000 trees. He's a tree hugger. Oh, well, yeah. If he's you in the forestry. Are, that's great. That's what the world needs. More. He was a Hampton, Hampton, H-A-M-P-D-E-N, Hampton native a divorced father of two, rarely dated, but really longed for companionship. That's normal. It's unfortunate you have Cindy here. Um, in her letters to him, she, she was, was pretty. Yes, with her. Um, did she have blonde hair? I just knew some blue eyes. Um, I don't remember. Cindy. I'm gonna assume she wasn't hard to look at. Like, if all these, she's got kids with tons of different people and. People are easily swayed by her. Right. You're not so as gross I mean, as this it is. Isn't you're not like so a easy. Picture. It's not. But she, I could see, like, if she just a yeah. little bit of makeup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's. It's easier to Wait. be on people's good side when you aren't a crazy-looking person. Like it's it's when you've got somewhat good looks, it's easier to get. Which is yeah, which is her. gross, but like right, it is what it is. Um, so yeah. Uh, no. Where was I? Do, do, do. Okay, Clarence Downs. Okay. Uh, in in her letters to him, in her letters to him, he was known as Buddy by his friends. Felt he had gotten to know her and regarded her as a good person. Oh, honey. He believed in second chances. You're too good for this. Stop. How many men have we known? She divorced. Oh. Right. I should. I was almost too on the nose. In my nose with my new piercing. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm piercing. Nicole got her nose piercing. It was. I didn't die. Anyways, thought I was going to. Sorry, but yeah, second chances. Oh, wait. She divorced Harhoff, her second husband. I like his name. Sorry, her second husband, and married Downs one month after her parole in 1999. <laughs> Don't mess I graduated it up. in '99. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild. <laughs> 
<laughs> so much older than you. It's weird. It's literally like 12 years or something like 13. that. 13. 13. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Eventually, she would bring four of her children to live with her in Downs in a row house in Morrill Park in Southwest... Or Morrell Park? Let me know, Baltimore. Southwest Baltimore that had belonged to his father. It wasn't long before she got a job at St. Mary's Seminary. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> in university in Roland Park, the nation's oldest Roman Catholic seminary. That's gross. That's a lot of rhyming, and I didn't like it. She began an, Okay. She became an office manager in its Center for Continuing Formation, where she helped book the private guest room and suites. The pay wasn't anything special. Oh, no, no, no. That's not going to be good for her. But this job was a far cry from the drudgery of past work answering phones. She started each day passing through the iron gates, would go up a winding tree-lined drive to a limestone building with palladian palladian sure windows overlooking a grand lawn that's a picture that's been painted thank you justin fenton i'm not taking any credit yeah especially because we don't even know when the words is no i skipped actually a word peloton no peloton (laughs) my friend's selling her peloton bike actually that's funny you say that (laughs) to get to her office she passed by a fountain in a courtyard then through an entrance that read rekindle the gift of god within you it's too late but for cindy yeah Cindy had uh, had come highly recommended, and she had references from a grant writing program, a group called End the Cycle, End the Cindy, and is what it should have been called, mm-hmm. and an insurance broker who had known her for 15 years, and one letter of recommendation, an associate spoke warmly and effusively about the good humor, great capacity for friendship, and her wisdom on many subjects, fooling everybody here. And she did not reveal to her new employers that she was an ex-con. Because why would a con artist do that? <laughs> <sighs> Down's new family soon outgrew. She's uh, not an ex-con. She's an artist. She's a con artist. Mm-hmm. Down's new family soon outgrew his uh, Morrell Park Row House, forcing a move into a much bigger Victorian house. Mm. Dreams, goals. Not for them, for me. House atop a hill in Baltimore Highlands in Baltimore County, just south of south of the city. It had a distant view of the inner harbor. Oh, that sounds delightful. Um, and was about to be the former home of a harbor master who had kept lookout there for incoming boats and ships. At $130,000, it was a fixer-upper, the perfect project for Buddy. I almost thought that said Bundy. I'm like, excuse me? He's not a part of this. Uh, who enjoyed, I would be surprised at the same time. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who enjoyed working with his hands. He was dead by then. Um, the couple decided to embark on a family enterprise just down the street. They took over a small restaurant called On The Go Deli. Oh, that sounds so cute. I hate that she's a part of it. He purchased the food. She kept the books because, of course, she did. Why wouldn't she? And the children delivered pizzas and helped serve customers. The family had nice things, because their mom's probably stealing all of it. Downs told his son from a previous marriage, Clarence Downs the fourth, known as, uh, no, BJ for Bunny Jr. Buddy. Tootsie Floof. Sassy Buns. Bunny Jr. Buddy Jr. That McKay was a bargain hunter. She is a hunter, all right. Who found a much, or who found much of their higher-end possessions at discount stores. They kept two pets, aw, a yellow dog. Wait, a yellow lab? <laughs> well, in a pit bull mix. <laughs> it's not even. It literally says a yellow lab. Just a yellow dog. He's yellow. I had a yellow dog once. R.I.P. Max. Um, in the boys' had a video game room, dirt bikes they rode around their neighborhood. Like they're living a really good life. Because she's a bargain hunter. Mm-hmm. Connie. That's what her name should have been. Connie. After preaching about the dangers of oh shit, recidivism, yep, yep, while at Jessup, she appeared to be a role model. It didn't last. In 2001, <laughs> two, so this is two years later, Downs filed for personal bankruptcy and the deli was shuttered. Shuttered? Shuttered down? Mm-hmm. Downs started having serious health problems, eventually missing stretches of work because of heart trouble. Dum, 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 dum. Was it natural or it was it? It was the fucking grease from the pizza, I guarantee it. Uh, he could no longer tolerate her youngest boys, 14-year-old Matthew and 16-year-old Christopher, whom he found impossible to manage. He confided to those close to him that he was going to leave Cindy at the beginning of the year. A week before Christmas in 2002, 
So she filed for bankruptcy in 2001. Now we're in 2002. She was laid off from her job at the seminary. Sorry, all I can think about is insemination and the word seminary. <laughs> and because I watched that movie today, sorry, sorry. which was downsizing amid financial troubles. At about 8 p.m. on Christmas Day, BJ, uh, the son, uh, received a call on a cell phone from Cindy that who had his, who said his father had been drinking and had fallen down. Fallen down or pushed down, Cindy? Mm. Tell us. Call in. No, don't. She's not going to tell us shit. Nope. When BJ re- arrived, he didn't see any marks on his father or anything to be concerned about. He returned to his home in the city about 10 minutes away. Within the hour, she called again, this time screaming that the house was on fire. Arson! Wow. And he was still inside. His dad. Uh, buddy, or is what they called him. Uh, responding firefighters were um, were not able to get inside because of the intense intense fire and heat and the blaze grew to a second alarm pieces of the home were caving in some sending embers into the night as family and friends watched from a snowy embankment his body was found on a couch in the living room cindy told police that she and matthew had placed him there after downs heavily intoxicated that's what i feel like right now but i'm not (laughs) had fallen in the second floor bathroom and cut his forehead on the sofa um she had she said he asked for a cigarette. He wasn't supposed to smoke, but she gave him one anyways because she's a con artist, along with an aluminum foil ashtray. Ma'am. Ma'am. And some crack rocks. <laughs> and she just put, like, 30,000 candles around him, too, and was like, oh, he wanted to feel like he wanted these essential vanillas in his nostrils because he needed to calm down because his head hurt after he fell in the bathroom. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm just making assumptions. soaked in gasoline that she yes. put on the wound on his head. And then the chloroform <laughs> over his mouth because he needed to, that helps his clears his lungs out. This is a lot of speculation, and I'm really annoyed with her, and she sucks. So if you're like, what is happening right now? We're just really upset. Mm-hmm. So she told the police that um, they were, her and Matthew were on the second floor playing video games when they heard the loud noise, whose fall. Downstairs, they encountered a wall of flames, but they couldn't get to Buddy. Fuck you. He was ruled, his, his death was ruled accidental, caused by careless smoking. It's called Careless Cindy. In a television interview the next day, of course she gets on TV. Careless smoking gun. <laughs> Said until the fire it had been the best Christmas ever. My husband's gone. This is gone, she said, motioning towards the home. And everything we know, our history is gone. It's gone. The kids lost a wonderful father, and I lost a wonderful and caring husband. And it just, it just was a tragedy, totally. She had lost about everything from her rebuilt life, but she had also come into a large amount of money. Weird. An estimated $300,000 as the sole beneficiary of his life insurance policy, according to police records. Hmm. Before long, the new widow reunited with an old partner, David... I keep wanting to say David Hasselhoff. Yes. David Harhoff. 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 Against his better judgment, he would say years later. My, my, My heart out to you, David. Soon after, the two began scouting new houses to buy in the Salisbury, or Salisbury, Salisbury? Salisbury steak? Area. Mm, get in my mouth. Salisbury area. Okay. At the St. Mary's Seminary, former co-workers were devastated to hear about the McKay's tragedy. They were also trying to piece together the wide discrepancies between the checks received for facility rentals and money deposited in the St. Mary's account. Huh! Where? Can we put two and two together? Oh my god, because two and two makes fish. Okay, Kathleen, I'm going to guess McNeeny. McNeeny. Was an officer manager. No, office manager. <laughs> traced one check and found that it had been deposited. God fucking bless it. <laughs> had been deposited into an account at Provident Bank, which was not affiliated. Nope, affiliated with the seminary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting, I'm seeing the letters ahead. It's not even me reading fast, friend. I have to pee. <laughs> so bad when I'm we, have, <laughs> we have four pages left. I know. I gotta. It'll be fun. It's too many people anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Oh okay. man! But McGinney would learn that a certain former center manager, can you guess who, with access to the seminary's checks, did have a provident bank account. Odd. We have every reason to suspect, she wrote in a memo, that Miss Downs was responsible for taking this money. Eventually, the seminary was would confront her over the suspicions. This time, she had no, Cindy had no intention of returning to prison. Well, honey, you're going to end up there. Good. Spoiler alert. 
2005, um, in Arundel County, Maryland, Anthony Fertitta, that's an important, important, important name right now. Okay, Fertitta. Is Fertitta. And he's got the most adorable face, had a wonderful smile. If you're not catching on, it's going to get sad. Okay. He's a 50-year-old muscle car enthusiast, no. was living a good life. He's living a good life. Sorry. This he makes... came in and fucked it up. He made ample money by serving as a UPS package handler yeah. <laughs> and a freight worker for a wholesaler. Um, moreover, although he wasn't married or had any children of his own, he did seem happy to be in a romantic relationship with a lady named Cynthia J. McKay. Bleh. Bleh, indeed. So clearly, clearly things between her and David did not work out. However, things changed once he scored a $20,000 payday playing Keno. Wow. Hell yeah, that's the kind of luck I need in my life. He could have never expected that monetary win would turn to turn into a loss of his own life in one of the worst ways imaginable. Okay, so I'm just gonna say you don't need that luck. Thank you. No, I'm not having you die no, because it's twenty thousand dollars. Okay. So around three a.m. on February twenty second, two thousand six, a Tuesday. Because mm-hmm. it's always a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Tuesday for the next four weeks of episodes. You're welcome. Officers were on the Old Mill Road just south of Baltimore when they thought what when they saw what they thought was a mannequin being burned. It's never a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. Oh, that's like that one episode we did where the person went and saw the body and he thought it was a mannequin. Those girls. The, girl, uh, the, the Shanda Sherer uh, case. Uh, yeah, that case fucked that me up. so Fucked me up. That's a really good one to listen to, too, guys. Find we have it on here twice, because we, we did some throwbacks. So, yeah, there's two sets of those episodes, and it's a three-parter, because that case was heavy. Ooh, it was a good one. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, good as in, like, the details. The, I went the, above and beyond shoot. on that one. I'm very good. proud of that case, cause, especially because my best friend's name is Shanda, so that, that made it really hard, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, Shanda anyway. Sharer case. Whew. Tough one. Spoiler alert. Somebody mistakes... Uh, Her mannequin. body. Yeah, they thought they thought it was a mannequin body, and lo and behold, it wasn't. It was a twelve-year-old little girl. Mm-hmm. Well, once they came close, back to the Cindy McKay case, they discovered that it was actually a human body engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. Fire and money seemed to be a very common reoccurrence in this case. They extinguished the fire, huddled over the smoking remains of an adult male. His legs and arms were pulled into his torso as if in terror or pain. He lay partially wrapped in a blue blanket just south of, Bof- oh, I already said that. South of Baltimore. He wore jean socks, a shirt stained with what appeared to be blood. Around his neck were three gold chains, and on his back, officers made out a tattoo, mm-hmm. not a tattoo, of a steer's skull. A hairpiece had separated from his scalp. <clears throat> on the ground, drag marks stretched toward nearby ho- townhouses where police stand out to interview neighbors in the morning darkness. This is 3 a.m., you know, the witching hour. Mm-hmm. A half mile away, just before, just after daybreak, a Millersville homeowner stepped outside and noticed a black trash bag at the end of his driveway that it was that was not his. He, um, within minutes, the bag would have been picked up with the trash, but he had seen news about a body being found nearby. He decided that the police should have a look in the bag. You fucking go, Good homeowner. Job. When you go with your intuition, oh, it's stuff. a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. When they did, they found a coat with a UPS insignia on it. As well as a pay stub, assorted mail, a wallet with credit cards, all that bore the name Anthony Fertitta. Oh Upon extinguishing the fire, searching the area where the mail seemed to be making his way, um, an autopsy later revealed that the middle-aged man had passed away due to this injury to sustained from being stabbed in his heart, oh lungs, gosh. liver, and stomach before being set on fire. Oh my gosh. When investigators headed to Anthony's... Uh, Millersville home in the morning to cover their grounds, they found a love letter from Cindy yeah. along with an answering machine left mere hours before about asking about his whereabouts. The address led detectives to a home in Baltimore Highlands, 12 miles from the burning body. Parked at the curb was a Pontiac Trans Am registered to Fertitta, and the house was unoccupied. Police started work working the neighborhood. Two houses away, a young man opened the door. I said that really fast and weird. Yes, he said he knew Anthony. His mother had been dating the man for months. Her name was Cindy McKay, and he volunteered. She was no angel. Her son. Her son. From there, the officers progressed to Cindy's home on Old Mill Road, where the smell of bleach 
and a suspicious stain near a rug immediately caught their attention. Then they found Anthony's rental car nearby, which carried bloodstains and a kitchen knife that matched the set from his girlfriend's house. Weird. When Cindy and her 17-year-old son, Matthew Harhoff, whom she was whom she was reciting with at the time were interrogated about the matter they gave conflicting statements while the elder said the couple had spent a nice evening together ending it when anthony had to leave for work close to three in the morning matthew claimed that they had fought until he phoned his older brother christopher for help because i think christopher is two years older i believe i think we said that earlier i don't remember the teenager also added that when his brother arrived about 15 minutes later, he attacked Anthony with brass knuckle dusters before shooting him. Then turn, this turned out to be untrue. Clearly, because his body and his and wounds. Yeah. yeah, no stabs. <laughs> During her questioning, Cindy also said that Anthony had a gambling problem. Okay. Which, made, which might have landed him in trouble and led to his death. The next day, she was arrested and charged with murder because of all the discrepancies. And a few days later, Matthew came forward to reveal the truth. He admitted that his mother killed Anthony, but the original plan was just to rob him at gunpoint. He further continued to state that Cindy had also slain her last husband, Clarence Buddy Downs, three years prior, and wow. set, had set his house on fire as well. Wow. That's so he's just... this poor kid, too, had, was, is, was privy to all this, knew yeah. how to keep this as... Because God knows what she probably threatened him with. Um, with that, officers dug deeper into Cindy and ascertained that she had been on the run from authorities for... A, for about that same time and had a string of felony run no felony convictions for petty theft and embezzling furthermore her relationship with anthony wasn't as great as it seemed either as per reports not only was cindy unfaithful because she's a hoe but she and anthony got into arguments on a couple of occasions i don't know why i said it like that Sorry. occasions as he thought she stole twenty five hundred dollars from his pocket why do you have that amount of money in your pocket sir and used his credit card to purchase $6,000 worth of furniture. Her greed, they say, is what drove her, which unfortunately is a lot. That was February 22nd, 2006. Two and a half years earlier, a Baltimore detective named Richard Gibson had finally tracked Cindy to southeastern Virginia. I hear a follow upstairs. By then, he had been chasing her for several months, but it was as familiar as anyone with her criminal record, which included a 20-year string of convictions and incarcerations for thefts and embezzlements, mostly from small, small businesses where she'd worked. She was captured at the women's shelter in Norfolk and extradited to Maryland to face charges of embezzling more than $200,000 from the seminary and university in Roland Park. Park. Bye. In her time on the run, she assumed an alias and fleeced an elderly woman in Delaware of tens of thousands of dollars. Oh Convicted of multiple thefts in St. Mary's case, she was sent back to the woman's prison in Jessup. Gibson was gratified, though he didn't assume he had heard the last of her. Clearly not. I thought, I actually said in dialogue with colleagues that if she was able to, God forbid, get out of it, get out of jail, she's going to hurt somebody else. He said who he was now a lieutenant. Joanne Mock, who had ran the prison ministry at the Maryland Correctional Institute for Women in Jessup, was surprised to see Cindy again. If there had been one prisoner she believed truly repented for her crimes and longed for a second chance, it had been Cindy. <laughs> so when she reappeared in the makeshift prison chapel, you know, looking quite chipper to Mock's eye, Mock couldn't help herself. She said to McKay, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> she will never forget what Cindy said back. She said, get over it. What a cunt. Well, she finally showed her true colors. Yeah. Um, perhaps Mock thought to herself she had never really understood Cindy at all. Thanks to her good behavior credits, McKay had served only one year of an eight-year sentence at Jessup. She was then shipped to Delaware Prison to serve 11 months for swindling the elderly woman. This is all prior to her murdering Anthony. And then the summer of 2005, she was a free woman again and on her way back to Baltimore. Doom, doom, doom. To be continued. In part do. Fantasy and World Music by the Fighters does our music intro. All our social medias are Bloody Babbles Podcast, um, Twitter, Instagram. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. You can email us at our Gmail. If you guys have cases you want us to cover, you can tweet us, slide into our DMs, email us. Um, if you have personal stories you want us to share, because I'd love to do another Bloody Babbles. What's the email? I know. Bloody Babbles Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. So, and I check it pretty regularly. I check everything pretty regularly. Um, so, yeah, just uh, that's uh, that's uh, part one for you. Okay. 
So we'll get into more about, um, a, a little bit more about Anthony, or they call him Tony in this one, um, in part two. So until next time, Babylon! Have you ever wondered what shows are like in foreign countries, but the language barrier is what stopped you from giving them a chance? My name's Maggie, and I host the podcast, Have You Seen It?, where I talk about TV shows from countries all around the world. If you're like me, you spend more time on Netflix looking for something to watch than actually watching something. So if you don't want to spend time scrolling through Netflix or even Hulu, check out my podcast for some show suggestions. I talk about the plots, tell you who the cast is, what I liked and what I didn't like about the shows, and I also throw in some fun facts about each country, tell you where in the world the show takes place, how close they are to any other shows that I've already covered, mention any cultural differences or similarities that I noticed, and my favorite part are the words and phrases that I picked up while watching these shows. You can check out Have You Seen It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and most other places you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. That's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-H-Y-S-I. And make sure to like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. Let me help you find your new favorite show.